and welcome to episode two. Thank you to everybody that checked out the first one. I'm amazed that there's a second one, but I, I set a goal for myself. I was like, we're going to do this. I'm going to try and get, put it out weekly. So yeah, welcome to episode two. Uh, the song you just heard was by my son Maddox from about three years ago when he was three years old. He told me he was singing the Spider-Man song, and for some reason at the end he said it was the Paw Patrol theme song, so there you go. Uh, for this week, what we're going to do, we're going to start off with a tangent. Um, we're going to talk about the questions that I've been sent. I asked people if they wanted to ask me anything, I'd answer them here. And then also some topics. So we'll start off first with a tangent. And it's going to be kind of weird, but there are two things in my life that I absolutely love, and to me they're fairly similar. One is Pete's Pizza in Chicago, really pizza and food in Chicago in general, but pizza from Pete's Pizza and Dungeons and Dragons, which I'm sure seems very dissimilar. But let me tell you about the first time that my wife took me to go visit her family in Chicago, and the first meal we had was Pete's Pizza. And I was excited because, you know, pizza from Chicago, it's supposed to be amazing. Thankfully it wasn't deep dish was never interested in it and I tried it and I almost hate myself for it because it absolutely killed any other pizza for me like when I come home I can't do like I can't do Pizza Hut can't do Domino's it's just not the same it completely having Pete's Pizza completely changed the game for me like I just can't go back I used to eat Celeste pizzas like I was living off those little dollar pizzas and I used to love them and now they're just garbage I see them for what they are my eyes have been opened and it's uh, it's just depressing. Now, how that relates to Dungeons & Dragons is about seven months ago, I finally played Dungeons & Dragons again. I played about ten years ago, a few sessions. It was fine. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, but this time, uh, within the past few years, I've really gotten into board games. I love board games. I've always always have. But then we started this session of Dungeons & Dragons with these, you know, with uh, four friends. And, um, and Arturo, our DM, has become another great friend. And... It has completely changed how I view games. Like, I, it's so hard for me to go to Settlers of Catan when all of a sudden, like, I have this game where I can do whatever the hell I want. And I'm interacting with these friends, and we all have our own agendas and stuff, and it's just completely unpredictable. I mean, it's very hard to go from I can do whatever I want to being like, Hey, I have this this wheat. Would you like to trade for stone? Like, it's just not the same. Um and once again, much like Pete's Pizza, it completely changed the game. It completely redefined what games could be. You know, before there's these very rigid rules, and all of a sudden, anything's possible. Anything you want to do, anything you want to say, and it's just so much fun. It's it's a story you're building with friends, and there's really nothing better than that. And it's I've, I have not laughed harder than I have with that group. I've honestly peed myself a couple times because I've laughed so hard. And... um I know my friends and family are super tired of me talking about Dungeons and Dragons because, you know, some people think it's nerdy. But honestly, if you can, if you find that right group, oh, it's fantastic. It's just a blast. Um, and so for me, those that's the way these two things kind of relate to one another. Um, it completely gave me joy that I didn't, you know, I didn't think I could have that kind of level of joy from eating pizza or playing a, a game with friends. Um, so if you have never, if you've never played Dungeons and Dragons, try and find a group. I we went on Facebook. We were able, were able to find Arturo, and it's been fantastic ever since. Um, and yeah, well, that's my tangent for the moment. We're gonna move on to the next section. The next section is questions. Question time. Um, the first question comes from J B Sharat. 
which is a great follower and just a super encouraging guy. He's a buddy, and I'm really glad to have him on Instagram because honestly, he's the guy that keeps me going a lot of times. Um, he always tells me that I inspire him, which is so weird because I don't think I'm inspiring at all. And if anything, he's the guy that makes me go and do things. He's the one that had me do the Freaky Friday thing, which was basically draw this in your style, where I would draw something in, in someone else's style, or I would draw someone else's piece in my style, and they would draw one of mine in their style. And I was, go I was doing that for a while and making lots of friends, and it was great. It was a great way to connect with other artists. And then I dropped off. And then JB would be the one that hit me up and be like, hey, are you going to be doing it this week? I really want to do it this week. And so I would do it, and the payoff was always great, and it was always fun. And it's always a cool challenge to go and look at how someone else had done something and redo it in your own way. But at the same time as you're doing it, you're also learning from that person the way that they do it. You, you're, you're studying exactly what they did, and maybe they did things that you wouldn't consider. So it was a great learning experience. Um, but that being said, uh, JB's great. And the question he sent me was, how do you make... An original character who's not a straight-up ripoff that's interesting. And that's a really hard one because it can feel like every idea has been taken before. Um, my suggestion would be, um, for me, what gave me a lot of great ideas was, and it sounds stupid, but going for a walk. When I'd walk my, dogs, my dog, that's when I would get the most... Um, the most creative thinking done. That's where ideas would just pop up, especially if I didn't have my phone. All of a sudden, that's when I'm getting a lot of really original ideas. I'm like, what if I did this? What if I did that? Um, and unfortunately, you know, my dog passed, so I don't do those walks anymore. And it's definitely taken a toll on some on my creativity. Um, another thing in terms of trying to be creative and coming up with a character might be to just take some disparate ideas. Um, ideas that don't seem like they would go together. And just play with them and see what would happen. Um, there's a thing called GURPS, which is a, like a role-playing thing. It's a, for playing role-playing games. And you can basically do whatever you want. You can make it whatever kind of universe you want. And a lot of times what they do is they'll combine different universes. Uh, what, like, for example, they had said the Stone Age with superheroes. Which, you know, all of a sudden you're re you have to come up with your own hero that would be in the Stone Age. And do whatever you want from there. Um, they, it, you know... It's these two ideas that don't look like they would go together. But when you put them together, something really interesting happens. A great example of that is Stephen King. I'm probably re remembering this in incorrectly, but if I'm not mistaken, and I believe what had happened was he was working at a high school as a teacher, and he'd overheard these girls just being completely cruel to this one other girl. And he was just amazed at how, you know, how much malice there was between these teen girls. Like, where did this come from? At the same time, he was reading an article about telekinesis, and so he he basically put these two ideas of like, what if this girl that was getting picked on had, te had telekinesis? And that's where Carrie comes from. Um, and, you know, it's these two things that you wouldn't think would go together, but they do. And that's kind of where a lot of fun ideas come from. Uh, the Spider-Man comic I'm doing right now, you know, I, I, I took different elements that I like from like manga and stuff like Ninja Scroll. I, you know, I, who doesn't love the grittiness of all that? Same thing with Mortal Kombat. But I also wanted to combine it with like um, Greek mythology in the sense that, you know, a lot of in Greek mythology, there's a lot of tragedy. There's a lot of explanations about where things came from, like the origin of the spider, the origin of the bee, which is always interesting. Um, and I wanted to do that with a lot of the characters, in particular, the villains. I really wanted to make them tragic, like they would have this backstory, uh, similar to, if you've ever seen 13 Ghosts, if you haven't, it's, I love it, you know, not a lot of people may love it, 
Um, but it's really cool. But the coolest thing is in the making of where they talk about each ghost. Oh, is it 13 ghosts? Oh, anyway. Um, they go over each ghost and why they are the way they are. Where the, these horrible, horrible elements come from. And with uh, the villains for the Spider-Man comic I'm doing, that's what I wanted too. Uh, for example, with the Vulture... What happens in this universe that I've made up is that the gods were, were going to war with each other and the humans were basically casualties. And in these wars, um, there'd be dead bodies everywhere. And once there were people that were assigned to go and pick up the bodies to go and get buried. And one is an old man who's just greedy. And what he does is as he's going and gathering bodies, he's stealing like jewelry and stuff. And he's slowly amassing a fortune to try and um, give him and his life the kind of life that they deserve, but it's at the expense of others. And finally, after the war, there's all this famine and stuff. There's not enough meat to go around. This guy's going around, and he's chopping up the bodies and stuff and selling the meat. One of the gods notices this and goes and asks him about the meat. And what happens is he's like, oh, is the meat good? And the, you know, the guy that becomes the vulture says, oh, yeah, the meat's great. It's delicious. He's like, okay, well, I'd love to see you try some. And the guy refuses. He's like, oh, well, I really think you, you should try some of your own product. And the vulture refuses, and finally the guy explains that he's a god, he knows who he is, and he says to him that, you know, you're you're like a vulture, but at least a vulture actually has a purpose. All you do is feed off the misery of others to benefit yourself, and basically turns him into this monster, um, half vulture, half man, and he has this insatiable hunger to devour the, the flesh of the dead, and so when he goes to find, like, go and seek help from his wife, his wife is horrified and leaves him, and he's doomed to basically walk the earth, all his life devouring the dead. Like, that's that's what he's become. Nobody wants anything to do with him. Eventually, the kingpin approaches him later on and offers him a deal and says, you know, I can make you respected again. I can give you a role within my army and you be a spy for me. You be my eyes in the sky and I'll have you become who you deserve to be. And that's where the vulture goes from being a monster to being a soldier for the kingpin. Um... That, you know, it's very weird. It's like I said, it goes back to the whole thing of, of ideas that might not necessarily go together. Um, I, I don't know. I hope that makes sense. But basically, get elements that you like and just combine them. Or another great way is just honestly do what you like. Do what, whatever it is that makes you interested, do that thing. You know, if may, if other people don't like it, so what? You would be surprised. My dad used to tell me that there's an audience for everything, and he was absolutely right. Because he's like, you know, there might be some kid banging a hammer against, you know, a toilet or something and recording that and putting that to to some piano in the background. And there will be someone out in the world who thinks that's the greatest thing ever. Same thing with your comic, you know, you might consider like, oh, maybe like this character is not that great, it's not that original, who cares? Somewhere out there is probably going to be somebody who thinks that your character is great, that the comic is great. Really, if anything, write for yourself. Don't be, don't be so concerned about what someone else thinks or what their opinion is going to be of the comic. Um, so that's, that's basically my, my whole thing. You know, that's kind of my advice on how to be more original, but... At the end of the day, honestly, do what you want. All right, um, next question comes from Mez Illustrations. Really cool guy. Um, we're in the same Discord community with Justin Prime, and he sent me a lot of great questions to, to answer. He says, who's your all-time favorite character in the universe? All right, I really don't want to bore anybody because it's, yeah, it's pretty basic. Spider-Man has always been 
my favorite character in the entire universe. As a kid, I was like four years old, saw saw the way he looked, and I loved it. I don't know what it was about it. I, it was like the eyes and the idea of swinging through the city, which is weird because you would think Superman. Being able to fly through the city seems like it'd be a blast, but at the same time, for me, the thought of like swinging through the city just looked like so much more fun. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just the whole like you really have to think while you're doing it. You, you look cool when you're doing it. I'm not sure, but Spider-Man has been hands down my favorite, favorite guy, uh, favorite character, you know, in uh, any universe. And as I got older, it, he became obviously more relatable. He became the guy I wished I could be. And I think it's the same for a lot of people. You know, we see Spider-Man, we see Peter Parker, and we see just a good guy trying to do the best he can. And he's just a normal guy. He's got bills, he's got school, you know, but he still tries to do the right thing. And it's a guy we all aspire to be. You know, um, Captain America does the right thing all the time, and that's that's what's in his heart, but it's hard to relate to a guy like that. Same thing with Superman. It's kind of hard to relate to a guy that can basically do anything and everything. You know, he's got a perfect family at home, and every, and not a lot of us have that. Um, Peter Parker was more relatable. You know, his family wasn't always, you know, his, his parents passed away. Uh, his relationship with his aunt and uncle were great, but at times it could be strained, as can be seen, like, in the movies and stuff when, you know, he argues with his uncle. And, um, but overall, the character is just fantastic. It's something we can all relate to. Same thing with Miles. Miles should never be discounted. Uh, people were... You know, clamoring for Miles forever, and I was skeptical until I finally read the comic and saw that Miles is a fantastic character. If you're ever just like, oh, I'm so tired of people talking about Miles Morales, do yourself a favor in the comic. You know, I was the same way, and I gave it a shot. Um, but yeah, hands down, Spider-Man. He's funny, does the right thing. Um, just, you know, so <laughs> I'm sorry, I know it's a really basic answer, but that's my answer. Next question from Mez as well. What got you into art? And um, life got me into art, which sounds stupid, but um, with art, the whole thing I wanted to do was not really draw well. I wanted to tell stories. Um, what it really came down to was I wanted to do for someone else what guys like Stan Lee and Bill Watterson and Brian Michael Bendis did for me, which was they gave me a place to go. They gave me stories to kind of get lost in. You know, life isn't always pretty. Um, there are times when, as a kid, things happen and it's scary. And a lot of times, you know, you look for an escape. You look for something that gives you hope and inspiration. And that's comics or cartoons or movies or even your toys. You come up with your own characters and they become that courage that you wish you had um, to kind of get through things. And that's what really got me into art was wanting to make those stories. You know, guys like the Ninja Turtles. Um, I, I loved, as much as I loved the aspect of turtles and ninjas and stuff, what I really liked was the fact that they were brothers. I have two other brothers, and it was super cool to see, you know, this group of brothers go and take on the world. Um, it was just a really, I don't know, it's, in a way it's inspiring, and it's fun as you get older when you're playing video games with your brothers and stuff. It, it kind of feels somewhat the same. Um, but that's kind of what got me into art was I wanted to inspire someone else if I could if I could make something that gives some kid who's going through a hard time some joy a place to escape a little bit of hope that'd be my dream that's what I would love more than anything I mean you know it, it'd be great to be able to make money and stuff but if I can make you know a character or a comic and some kid has it like someday maybe on a lunchbox or something 
and it's the thing he turns to when like he's feeling scared or down that'd be great that's what I would want more than anything that's kind of what got me into art um, not so much the technical aspects that's probably why my drawings kind of suck because for me it's less about you know how good does this hair look or how how accurate are these shadows and more about um, how exciting is the picture um, does it tell the story that I'm trying to tell and that's what it is for me uh, what else let's see Justin Prime the guy that helped inspire this whole thing um, if you're not following Justin I highly suggest you all these guys that have sent me questions you can find them in my followers if you go to my um, Instagram page and go to who I'm following I'm following all these guys Justin in particular is a is just a huge inspiration if you're a guy that's creating anything particularly art you know I would highly suggest checking out his podcast lots of great stuff he talks to a lot of great people uh, that being said, Justin asks, do you think social media is um, basically manipulating us and trying to get us addicted? And the answer to that is, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're, you know, the apps are designed to keep us coming back for sure. You know, the algorithms and stuff are designed to make sure that we continuously refresh and see ads and stuff. Um, is it evil? No. Um, Justin actually tackled this in his previous podcast and made a great point. We're not being forced to use these apps whatsoever. We're not being tricked. It's our it's our own choice. And the fact of the matter is these platforms are fantastic. If it weren't for this platform, I never would have done my goals probably. I never would have done art shows. I never would have met all these great people. It's really a choice that we make um, whether or not to use them. You know, if they are manipulative, and I kind of feel like they, they are at times because, you know, I've got over 2,000 followers, and before the the big change to the algorithm set in, you know, I was getting like 150, 200 likes regularly, and now I'm down to like 50 likes regularly, and it's because not everyone's seeing your stuff anymore. Um, and that kind of sucks, and then they ask you to go ahead and sponsor some of your posts so you can be get more exposure, and that can feel like your followers are being held hostage in a way. I know that's not accurate, um, and there's definitely ways around it. One of the things that Justin had said that his workaround to not have to go and pay for sponsor stuff is to like design a logo for a bigger page and give it to them for free. And what's great is they will likely give you a shout out. They'll show your art, which is awesome. You're going to get all this exposure, and you never had to really, you didn't have to pay a dime. And chances are, you drew something you enjoyed. Uh, for example, he did a one for a Venom page, and he loved drawing Venom. That's his thing. And from there, I'm sure he got a good amount of followers, good amount of exposure. So, are they evil? No. They're just doing what they, they're supposed to do. They're supposed to make money. That was the purpose of the whole thing. You know, and it's free. You're not paying anything. It's, you know, that's what the platform is. They could easily, when you know, it's their ball. At some point, they could be like, I'm changing the rules. If you don't like it, you can go home. And you can go home. But if you go home, you're going to be missing out on opportunities to, to be, exp you know, to get more exposure to people you never would have otherwise. I know there's other apps that do this, do similar things. You can post on Tumblr or DeviantArt, but, you know, all of them have the same thing. All of them have algorithms, so I don't think they're evil. Let's see what else we got. Matrissimo, that's another great artist to start following. Let me see. Um, Behind-the-scenes drawing tips and techniques. Uh, behind the scenes is not glamorous. <laughs> it's honestly my way of drawing is this. I wait till the kids knock out, and it's just the wife and I, or even the wife knocks out. 
I get a drawing pad and or I'm on my phone on an app and I draw. That's kind of it. Um, behind the scenes is nothing cool. I wish I could be like, I go to my studio and I, you know, I have all these collection of things that I use and books and references. And I do, but it's a mess and I never go and actually use my art desk. It's really sad. Um, that's my own fault. It's because I don't... I. The, my art desk is a mess. I have to organize it. I've been putting it off for like a year. It's terrible. In terms of drawing and tips and techniques, I'm still learning. I, I'm i learning every day. Every day I draw and I try and get a little bit better. Um, I look Like I said, I look at what other people do and I try and learn from that. Um, and the only tip that I can give you, and it's so stupid because it's obvious, the same way people go, like, how do you lose weight? Eat less, exercise more. How do you get better at art? draw more that's basically it you just got to keep drawing every day keep drawing even if it's the same thing you're, you're going to notice that if you keep drawing the same thing eventually you're going to get better at it. you're going to start noticing details that you know you're going to start putting in details you probably not would not have noticed the first time around i mean if you look at my first drawing on instagram versus some of the more recent stuff i i would redraw the same thing on the 18th every month for the first year and every once in a while i'll do the same thing it's donatello kneeling holding his staff if you look at the first drawing versus my one of my more recent drawings of that, huge difference. And it's just because I kept doing it. I kept at it. Um, that's that's basically my biggest tip. But I'm still learning. I'm still an amateur. I've been published, and that's basically because of dumb luck. I had a friend whose godfather was looking for an illustrator. He, My friend thought of me, and I lucked out. And I got to go and draw a bunch of drawings. That he, he said he wanted to look very rough, like a, something out of a journal. And so I was able to knock those out really easily, and now I can say that I'm a published illustrator. Uh, and in reality, I'm just a guy that same as everybody else that's on Instagram right now. I'm just a hobbyist, um, but I'm working towards being a professional. I'm trying my best to learn new skills and stuff. Um, that's another thing. Try and learn new skills. I mean, I my wife got me into watercolor and stuff and wood burning, and it's pretty cool. Um, I definitely became a better artist because of it. I understood color more, so. Uh, I guess that's that'd be my two main tips: draw, and keep drawing, and then uh, try things that you might be afraid of. Digital drawing scared the hell out of me. I'm starting to get into it. Still not really into it, but I'm understanding it more. I'm getting a better feel for it. Um, what else? Let me see. Oh, Matrissimo also asks, how do you cope with the thinking that creative that creating art is uh, only talent and not practice and work too? And as a kid, that's what I thought, you know, that people that can do art were born that way. And people kept telling me, you're creative, you're, you're artistic, which was a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because I was like, all right, cool, I can draw. And I drew with confidence, which is great. The bad side was the fact that I was like, I'm an artist. I was born to be an artist. I can draw made me think I don't have to practice. I don't have to sketch. And all of a sudden I'm seeing kids in my art class that started off way worse than me killing me. They are just head and shoulders above me. And it wasn't until I got older that I was like, oh, yeah, you have to put in work. It's it's not, you know, people, there are some people that are born talented that can just look at something and recreate it or even just create something out of nothing. Those are incredibly blessed people. The rest of us, though, we have to work at it. I, Me especially. I am not a great artist. I'm trying my best every day, but I'm, I, I can definitely see the flaws every time I'm drawing, even as I'm drawing, you know. Um, but... For the most part, I would say 99% of us have to put in the work. Um, and I'm okay with that, and I realize that. I think once you realize that 
art isn't something that's supposed to come naturally to everybody, you become more forgiving with yourself and you just go with it. And, okay, now let's move on. Oh, my buddy Derek asked me to do a top ten list of, like, games or movies. I didn't get that until just before. I didn't I didn't realize he had said that until just before I started recording. So that'll be next week. Um, feel free to send me suggestions as to top ten what you'd want to hear. Now, on to topics. Um, there are some topics I definitely wanted to discuss. One of them is the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Um, Alright, so what I'm going to do is... I'm not a fan of spoilers, so if you haven't seen this, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop this. I'm going to put a spoiler alert, say how long the spoiler is, and then, um, yeah, that'll basically tell you if, like, if you don't want to hear this, how, when to fast forward. So, uh, if I make some noise, I apologize. Just going to stop this, and then I'm going to record the, uh, the spoiler, basically, in case you don't want to see it. Okay, um, so if you're not interested in hearing any spoilers from the, um, Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, go ahead and fast forward 2 minutes and 15 seconds starting right now. Okay, the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. I was skeptical based on what I would read at first um, about what the movie is going to be about, which is basically there's all these elementals going around destroying stuff and Mysterio is going to come and be the hero. And if you know who Mysterio is, you know that it's a bunch of BS. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be interested in that. I mean, I love Spider-Man, obviously I'm going to go see it, but, oh, you know, not really super jazzed about it. But then I watched the trailer, and I was freaking blown away because, holy balls, I was like, that's, that's freaking Sandman. That's Hydro-Man. That's Molten Man. That's Mysterio. Mysterio looks freaking great. I, that's Nick Fury. Like, oh my god, the moment Nick Fury spoke, chills. I just loved it. It was funny. I actually liked MJ this time. I mean, she was fine in the first one. She had her moments and stuff. I was like, all right, she's fine. Um, but in this one, I don't know. She's super adorable, I guess. Um, Peter is just hilarious. It's interesting to see a, a young Aunt May know that Peter is you know, Spider-Man while he's still in high school. All in all, I was just completely blown away. I'm really looking forward to seeing this movie. And I was really happy to see the response from a lot of my friends, too. Some of them that are typically kind of skeptical of, you know, anything really exciting. They're kind of like, eh, I don't know. Um, they were also all in for this. So I'm very, very excited. And I don't know. There's just so much to take on. There's so many little little Easter eggs. If you look, like, there on the boat, it says, like, Amazing Sperm. ASM. Um, I forgot the issue, but basically it's... The the premiere issue of Hydra Man on there. If you look at um, Peter Parker's suitcase, you'll see that it says Ben on there. Um, there's little hints and stuff. Even the birthday that's on his passport is an allusion to Amazing Fantasy number 15 when it first came out. So there's just so much love, I think, that's being put into this. And I'm really, cu I'm really looking forward to see exactly what they do with it. Especially with Nick Fury being in there. I mean, who knows where they're going to go from there. And I love all the different suits. I know the suits are mainly in there just to sell toys, let's be honest. They look so damn cool that I really don't care, and I really look forward to seeing uh, what they do with all this. Okay, so now we're going to move on to Resident Evil 2, which is the other thing I'm super excited about. But before that, um, I'd like to go into story time. It's story time! Yes, I recorded that myself. I know, I'm very proud. Uh, we have a very DIY punk aesthetic to this podcast in the sense that everything's very low budget or no budget. And I do everything myself and it's going to be sound just 
terrible. Like it's being recorded in a bathroom because it is. Anyway, back to story time. In regards to Resident Evil 2, um, the greatest mistake I've ever done playing a game happened with Resident Evil 2. And I just want to start by saying I love Resident Evil. I love the series and everything. And back when Resident Evil 2 was first released, my cousin got it. And we were so super excited. Me, my brother, my cousin. And my cousin knew what a big fan I was. The thing is, um, he wanted me to play it, but we didn't have a memory card. Which meant that I had to go and play through this entire game without dying whatsoever. Not once. No mistakes. And that's exactly what happened. Is I played, I think, six hours straight or five hours straight going through the entire game. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, got through the whole thing. They just, my brother and my cousin are right there sitting next to me watching me as I'm playing. They even go and get me food and stuff. That way I don't stop playing and continue to make progress. No memory card. We finally get to the end, uh, near the end, where William Birkin has become sort of like this monster dog-looking thing. If you haven't played the game, it's way old. There's no excuse for me to do any kind of spoiler alert for this. A timer pops up, and I've got, like, no health. I'm already on critical. Um, I've got no herbs or anything. My my um, what, my ammo's low. And I'm running around, and my cousin's like, you've got to kill this thing. I'm like, no, 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 we're fine. I'm like, look at the timer. Clearly what I have to do is out outlast the timer, and th- things will be okay. And there's an alarm going off, and... Long story short, my cousin was absolutely right. We wait. I'm I'm so excited. The timer's going down and counting like 10, 9, 8, 7. Finally, 3, 2, 1, end. Game over. You died. And I just froze and I looked at my cousin. I looked at my brother. We didn't say anything. And then finally he just, his face turns. He's like, I told you! And basically I just had egg on my face. It was just... The biggest, dumbest mistake ever. I was stressed out the entire time. Leading up to that moment, I thought I had it, and that's just me being stupid. Um, wasn't the first time, won't be the last time, but that right there is easily my biggest gaming mistake. Now, uh, moving on to the actual new demo of the Resident Evil remake. Um, I'm going to say that, okay, I, you know, I wasn't sure whether or not to, to do a spoiler alert, but yeah, let's go ahead and do a spoiler alert. So one sec, I'm just going to... Pause this, I'm going to do the the review real quick, and then I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you guys know, if you don't want to, if you haven't played it yet, and you don't want any spoilers, how long to skip? One sec. Spoiler alert number two for Resident Evil 2. Uh, do yourself a favor and fast forward two minutes and 15 seconds starting right now. Okay, Resident Evil 2 is possibly one of my top 10 games of all time. Uh, the game completely blew me away the first time I played it, not only because like the game is fantastic the first time you play through, but then discovering that there's a whole other side of the game after you beat it that you get to play, and you get to see all these other the other side of the story unfold, which is so cool. Um, and I went into this demo thinking, like, look, I've done this so many... Honestly, I play the game to death. I, there's, I don't think there's anything about the game that I didn't know. Um, so I went into this, like... You know, kind of a little, a little half-hearted. I was excited because it looked great, but I was expecting to, the same exact thing. I was going to know where everything was. That was not it at all. Um, the game is gorgeous. Um, they completely redid the story. They completely redesigned the layout of the map. Certain things are similar. Um, if you're an old guy like me, you probably still remember the layout of the police station. But it's not what you think it is. Things aren't where you think they are. Things aren't don't pop out exactly where you think they will. And it, the whole thing is just a gorgeous, gorgeous and horrifying game to play. Um, 
I wasn't expecting to get scared. And honestly, there were moments where I was actually really tense. And I was like, oh my god. I don't know what the hell to expect. Um, but overall, um, I loved it. The only thing I did not like was the fact that you would get headshots. Clear headshots. And the and the zombies don't go down. Which bothers the hell out of me. I know, it's Resident Evil. They, they have their own mythos about how zombies are supposed to act. Um... I think it's because back in the day, you know, you get a headshot. It seemed like they were they would go down immediately, so that was kind of hard to kind to cope with. It's not something I'm very happy about, but you know what? I, I guess it makes sense. I mean, Resident Evil Four was the same way, and all the other ones. But overall, loved it. I'm super looking forward to it. It's the first time I've been really excited about a Resident Evil game, and I can't even remember. I still haven't finished Seven. Sorry to my buddy Derek, who I borrowed it from. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I still haven't beaten it. Um, but yeah, that's basically my really quick review. If you haven't tried it, please do yourself a favor and download if you're into horror or if you're just into good games at all. Just give it a shot. Okay, and moving on to the next topic, uh, Justin Prime asked me to discuss life of an artist and common man things. Um, so like I discussed a little bit earlier about how not glamorous my whole art situation is just because... You know, a lot of people work differently. Some people like to work on the couch or something. Some people like to work in an, on at their desk. Uh, for me, personally, I'm a really big fan of just sitting out on the couch with, like, a TV tray and drawing. That's just how I do it. Um, but life of an artist, you know, can be hard and can be discouraging at times. Uh, you really have to ask yourself what it is that you want as an artist. You know, some artists, their whole thing is that they just want to, you know, they want to express themselves. That's it. You know, I mean... You have artists like Picasso and stuff, guys, that they made things because there, were, there was something inside of them that they, they had to bring out, and that's beautiful and it's phenomenal. And then there are other artists, you know, present day that really just want to be able to make a living while doing something they love. And you really have to ask yourself, um, and what I really have to ask myself, I should say, is what do I want? And what I really would love to do is maybe be a concept artist, and I would love to also do kids' books. I'm really fortunate right now in, in the sense that I'm helping to do the illustrations for one. Um, but I just would really love to find a way to create something that people really enjoy and get something from. Um, and it can be tough. A lot of times, as an artist too, when you're trying to build your name, I'm using Instagram as a tool for that. And one of the things I have to fight myself with is figuring out what I want to draw. Do I really want to draw what I think people are going to like, or do I just draw whatever the hell I want? And if I was talking to somebody else, I'd probably tell them, hey, just draw what you want, man. Your audience is going to find you. But then there's that part of me that's like, but I know if I draw this, I'm going to get a lot more. Um, I'm lucky in the sense that the things I do love to draw tend to be the things that people want to see. Like um, Spider-Man. If I do a Spider-Man post... I'll probably get almost double the likes that I normally would get otherwise. And I love drawing Spider-Man. The downside is, you know, it gets repetitive. Even my wife's like, really? You're drawing Spider-Man again? Or are you drawing another Ninja Turtle? And yeah, I mean, it's the thing I love to draw. And it gets a response. The downside is, you know, while I am getting better and I am learning from it, it's better to challenge yourself and draw something you're not familiar with. Uh, when I first started on Instagram, there's two characters I love and I just couldn't draw for the life of me, which was Batman and Wolverine. And, you know, I had that goal of drawing every day and people would ask, like, hey, could you draw Wolverine or Batman? And I would go out and I would try it. And eventually I started getting more used to it and I got better at it. And it helped me to learn to draw other characters as well. Um, you know, it wasn't pretty at first and it's still not pretty in my opinion. But 
I'm much more comfortable than I was before. Um, and I think, you know, with, as an artist, basically, same thing with being anything, you know, you struggle with insecurity about whether or not you should even be doing it. Um, it can be very hard, and being an artist, can, it's, there's no guarantee of work, you know. Unfortunately, people think that they don't need art. When you look at schools and stuff, look at what they cut. It's always like the art department or music, and, you know, sadly, that's what they think is not as necessary. Um, you know, doctors, nurses are all incredibly important. Um, but, and th- those are, those are some professions that aren't going to be going out of style, you know, it's not going to be too hard to get a job with that. Art can be more difficult. Art is subjective, you know. People might be like, I want an artist, I want an artist to do this. And you show them that your work, and they're like, not that. That's not what I'm looking for. So it can be difficult. Um, but if you really love it, you're going to keep at it, and you're going to eventually succeed. Um, it's just, it's really hard and you have to have a good support base behind you. I'm very lucky in the sense that I've got my wife who's been incredibly encouraging. She's, she's been, (laughs) I want to say muse because, you know, she's the one that gives me all the great ideas. Um, it's not like I sit there and draw all the time. Occasionally I will. (laughs) I'm, I haven't quite caught her likeness the way I think she looks, but, uh, she's my muse in the sense that almost all my best ideas come from her. When the first, when the first art shows I ever did, um, I needed some some sort of way to show them, and I didn't have frames at the time. She's like, well, why don't you use some, you know, your old game cases? There's games I'm sure you don't play. You just use those. I was like, oh, well, that's an idea. And that's the first thing people noticed when they came in. They're like, whoa, is that an Xbox game case? That's so cool. So my art was on a game case, and it just, it adds something special to it. Same thing with the wood burning. She's like, you should try wood burning, or you should try watercolor. She's the one that pushed me. I'm very lucky in the sense that I have someone in my life that will is willing to go, go and do this thing. Try it. I believe in you. Even to the point where, you know, um, she's like, when I got first got laid off, she's like, you know what? Go and find the job you want. Go and find that happiness. And that is a gift that <laughs> there's no price for. I mean, it's it's incredible to have someone in, in my life that is that supportive. Um, if you have, I mean, if you're not, if you're single, you don't have that, be that person for yourself, you know, tell yourself that you're worth it and that, and to take the time to get what you want. Um, but yeah, being in the life of an artist is, is interesting and it's uncertain. Um, but if you're doing what you love and you're getting your priorities straight, you should be just fine. Um, the last question, um, let me go ahead and double check. I think it might be from Mez. Let's see. Oh my gosh. Um, nope. Sorry, I've got a notebook. It's got tons of stuff in here of my notes for the podcast, and I dropped it during a call. And I don't know where it went. Well, I'm very sorry to whoever asked the question. I'm. I'll, I'll try and tag you later on. Um, but the question was, what are my greatest weaknesses and strengths as an artist? Um, that's always hard because you don't want to brag. Um, and I might be wrong because the thing that I might feel is my strength. Some people might be like, "Mm, I don't think so. Um, but for me, what I think my strength is, is, um, I don't, I think it's finding ways to be interesting. When I was first doing all this and I, I used to have themed days and that's really how I got a lot of uh, followers 
was I would have like Matchup Monday where I would have followers suggest or not even, you know, whoever wanted to throw a suggestion. What are two things you want to see mixed up? And it could be anything from superheroes or video game characters or whatever, really. People would suggest stuff. I would make it. I would tag them in it, and all of a sudden they've got you know, these people are like reposting and saying, "Oh my God, look what this guy did! It's super interesting," um, and that would get me followers. Another thing that I would do was tur- you know Turtle Power Tuesday. I've, there's a lot of fellow turtle fans out there. I'd be like, "What kind of TMNT drawing do you want to see?" They would say, they would say um, what they want. I'd make it same thing. Tag that person. All of a sudden they're telling their friends, "I'm getting more exposure," which is fantastic. Um, uh, there was What If Wednesday where I would ask people what they want me to draw and in what kind of style. Tell me a different style. If it's realistic, if it's a realistic and gritty character, maybe I draw a cartoony. If it's a cartoony character, maybe I draw it's real. A lot of different things, but it's always something interesting. That was kind of my whole philosophy starting off was like, I know I'm not the best. I'm not going to be the best anytime soon. But if I can't be the best, I'm going to be interesting. I'm going to be the account that you go to for something that's, you know, different. Because I've seen a lot of great artists who can draw photorealistic stuff and that's great the problem is there's a lot of people who are doing the same thing and if i see the same drawing of like heisenberg and it looks just like the other heisenberg because god damn it you did such a good job it's photorealistic it's just not as interesting but if someone's like hey i mashed up calvin and Hobbes with breaking bad all of a sudden that's interesting that's something you're not going to see in a lot of places um going back to the theme days i used to do the throwdown thursday where me, you know, I have a bunch of art friends. I'd post a picture and be like, "All right, do this in your style." And so we would all, and we'd have like the next day or eventually a week, go and draw this one subject, and we all did it. And we tagged Throwdown Thursday art on there, and we would all see like what each other did, and it was really cool to see the different styles. And then who, whoever we, you know, whoever was the one that put up the subject, nominated the next guy to choose the subject for next week. That was fun. The main fun one, though, was the Freaky Friday art, and that's where I made a lot of friends. Um, like I said, that's the one where I, I'd be like, hey, who wants to do this? If you're an artist, let me know. Comment below. They would comment. I would look for something that they drew. I would redraw it in my style. They would look at something that I drew, redraw it in their style. And then, obviously, all of a sudden, you're getting exposure to a whole new audience, um, and you're making friends and stuff, and you're learning along the way, which is fantastic. And the, la- uh, the other day... Um, Saturday would be Spider Spectacular Spidey Saturday, which is same thing as the turtle one. Let me know what kind of Spidey drawing you want me to do, and I would do it. And then S- Sunday, I kind of took a rest. It was shout out Sunday. I found an account that I thought was extra- extraordinarily talented, but just not getting the love that they deserve. And um, so, that's what I would do: is I would go ahead and give that person the 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 credit I think they deserve and be like hey you need to check out this account you're missing out this is a fantastically talented person and they deserve some love and that's basically what I would do um and yeah that that's (laughs) that's how I gained a lot of followers the downside to that was I wasn't ready for what would happen later on which was that I would get overwhelmed um, I wasn't able to complete things on time. The Freaky Friday got really crazy where like I'd have 16 people wanting me to do a Freaky Friday and I would just get buried and then get overwhelmed and then get discouraged and not want to do it anymore. And that was bad. And eventually I just stopped doing theme days and my follower account dropped, uh, my engagement dropped. I took time off away from Instagram and then I eventually took time away from art and it just suffered. And it's just, it's something I wish I didn't do 
I wish I would have just taken more control and been like, okay, I'm only doing the first three or something. I should have, it was not the right way to go. Um, but going back to the question, I think my strength is in making something interesting um, and finding ways to engage with people and get them excited. My weakness, and I've discussed this recently um, with some family, was I get discouraged super goddamn easy, and that is definitely a fault. Um, and I can make something, I can be super proud of it, but if one person says like the tiniest little thing that's a criticism... I, I tend to just be like, they're right, it's the worst thing ever, and they'll be like, that's not what I said, it's, it's not the worst thing ever, and I'm like, no, no, you're, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore, and it's something I definitely have to overcome. Uh, I was thinking a lot about discouragement and what it means in general, you know, and it means, you know, it's got courage in there. Your courage is being taken away, and it's you that's letting that happen. It's not the person that said something, it's not the result, you know, it's, it's you basically giving up your courage. It takes courage to make art. It takes courage to put yourself out there. It's not easy. Um, the way I see it, there's a few different kinds of people. They're the people that just consume art passively. They're the people that appreciate art, and they just don't think they'll ever be able to do it. They're the people that say, I want to do it, um, but they just don't have that courage in them to give them to give it a try. They're people that do it, but they don't finish because they're afraid of finishing. They, it's not perfect. That um, goes back to the courage thing. And then there are people that keep going and finally they're the people that are they're just the masters well they'll feel discouraged but they'll push forward you know and um i think uh, i'm really trying hard not to be that person that tries gets discouraged and stops or is afraid that it's not going to be up to snuff um it's a big weakness and it's something i'm working on and i think if you're going to be an artist or anything if you want to be a writer or anything you need that courage to finish it it takes courage to put yourself out there. It takes courage to say that this is done. And it pushes you to a place where you wish you could be. There's a lot of people that say that, you know, in their life are like, oh, I wish I, I had written this book or I had made this album. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I've actually been able to say, to hold in my hands an album that I helped make. I've, I've recorded it in the past. It's not great. I cringe when I listen to it and stuff, but... It's something not a lot of people can do. You know, 99% of people live their lives wishing that they'd been able to be able to hold something. If I had spent more time creating and finishing things than playing video games, the way I play video games, I'd have so much that I could point at and be able to talk to people and they're like, oh, you know, what do you do? I'm an artist. I made this comic. Here it is. Oh, I'm a musician. I made this album. You can listen to it here. It's much better to have those tangible things than the memory of the time that you got, you know, the top kill in Call of Duty. It's definitely a regret. I used to play games probably 20 hours a week. Um, as of recently, I've gone down to maybe an hour or two, if that, because I know where my priorities lie, and I know what's important to me, and it's completing these goals um, and trying to be a better person, better husband, and a better father. Um, Justin's got it right. Family, work, and art. Make sure you're doing a good job putting your family first. Make sure that you're kicking butt at work. That way you're able to support that family and support that hobby or that passion that you have. And then go and give it your all to do the best you can with your art, whether it be writing or drawing or music. Um, yeah, and that's it. You know, I hope that whoever's listening to this, if there's something you've been wanting to do, you really give it a shot. This podcast is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. 
and I'm glad I'm finally doing it. And I hope that you go and do that thing you want. Finish the novel, get it published, finish the song, make the album, do the art, find the contacts. That show that you've been binging, it's great and all, but it's going to be there later. It's going to be better as a reward. So do yourself a favor. Go out and do that thing you love, and then reward yourself with all the stupid stuff you're rewarding yourself with now. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you, uh, I guess, the next podcast. Thanks.